0: Hello there, everybody listening to the Do You Even blog podcast. You're listening to the show for creators, bloggers, podcasters, and YouTubers who want to make money on the internet. I have a lovely show for you today featuring my good friend. I could call her a friend at this point, even though we've never actually met in real life, but she has been a member of uh, our private membership community, Online Impact, for a while. And she's also one of the most impressive people I think I know, and that would be Ren Linhoff amazing name, amazing photography skills. This is the sort of thing where we can all take pictures these days. We can take selfies. Maybe you would have an entry-level DSLR camera. And then you look at your photos and you're like, why aren't they like Wren's? <laughs> Wren is a world-class photographer who has experience with obviously, uh, weddings and portrait photography and, uh, Dog photography. Honestly, she talks a lot about her dogs and house plants. That is her, you know, primary blog at this point. Uh, but we'll talk about that a little bit. But I'm, I actually wanted her on the show to help us, non rens non non-world-class photographers, take better pictures. Quite frankly, like influencer shots. You know what I mean by influencer shots, right? Pictures of you on your blog homepage or for your portfolio. Or even, heck, stock photos, right? How to make them look better without going out and buying Ren's gear, right? Like she has super fancy cameras. She is here to help us understand the, the basics. I like to think of this as like the 80-20 rule of really solid photography that you can do for yourself, like for your blog and your business today, you could do this. Solid tips for here. And also, she's just an awesome person to talk with, right? And we do talk a little bit about her blogs. I think housefur uh com is where you can find her. And I'll also link all the stuff in the show notes. You go check her out. She's absolutely incredible at what she does. Like bar none. I'm supremely impressed with everything she's done, and she's here to help us today. So there you go. That's all I got for you, Blog Tribe. I hope you enjoy listening to this episode with Ren. Thank you, as always, for continuing to support Do You Even Blog, even though I'm not publishing as much right now. Thanks for listening. So I hope you find some stuff here that you can take to your blog and business. I know you will. Without further ado, I will introduce the one, the only, Ren Linhoff. Ren, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, I'm so excited.
0: I'm excited you're here, not only to talk about the, well, kind of multiple businesses you have going, or they're, they're kind of related, of course, but also to discuss photography. So right off the bat, I want to pay you a compliment. And I've said this to Rin before, and she's probably going to roll her eyes because you're nice and you're modest, but your like photography skills and also uh, editing, which is a big part of it, are just like... Chef's kiss, like, ah, oh, they're so good. And I've, I've told everybody this, whenever you come up in a conversation within online impact, I'm like, Rin, she's, oh my gosh, she's incredible. She's so talented. So kudos to you. You're welcome.
1: Thank you.
0: She's not rolling her eyes, but I I wanted to tell everybody <laughs> that to set up this conversation, um, basically just to say like, whatever she says, you could probably trust. And if you were to like, give me tips or advice on anything, like, photo photography videography even cinematography related i'd probably be like taking notes so that's all that's why i say that so ren uh my first question is just gonna stump you a little bit but i i like this i like this as a place to start i want to hear about your first dollar you made online so you you've done other stuff offline for sure in photography but you've been running house fur house of fur For a while now, and I'd like to hear your story about the first cent. No, not the first cent. Maybe you did like Google AdSense, but the first dollar you ever made an online business. So how did that happen?
1: uh, Let's see. Well, you're taking me back, so I got to think four years ago. That's
0: okay. Um, Wait, only four years? uh,
1: Yeah, uh, for House Fair, the blog. Okay. Yeah. Um, that was sept- uh, September of 2017, so four years. <laughs> <laughs> Counted on my fingers over here. <laughs> your math was <is> correct. <laughs> Thanks.
0: <laughs> but yeah, um, what was your what was your first dollar? Um.
1: So my first dollar w- uh, from House was actually I did I had a coaching client where I taught them how to create a blog and get them get them running with that. Um, and then that turned into me coming out with um, an SEO uh, top 10 things you need to be doing um, and I sold that quite a bit of those and then that got me a speaking gig where I talked about um, how to incorporate using a blog if it's not like a lifestyle blog but how to as a business owner incorporate a blog to um, excel your business so that speaking um, gig that I did was mostly full of uh, wedding vendors in the Milwaukee area that had that I've met in passing in and worked with um, in the wedding industry um, for photography and then um, yeah so that was how I made the first dollar that wasn't photography related. (laughs)
0: Well, that that was actually unexpected. You you could have easily gone down the the route of being like a meta blogger, right? You could have started the Do You Even Blog podcast before I did. You your first dollars were about blogging, which is interesting to me. That's awesome. Um, okay, so <laughs> I was truly not expecting that. I was expecting it to be much different. Um, <laughs> your current your current blog, you do talk about photography, but you also talk about. Uh, House plants and more lifestyle stuff. I've seen a bunch of like food and recipes and, and stuff like that on there as well. Yeah. And so I want to, before we come back and talk about photography and just out of s- selfish reasons, by the way, but I think people listening <laughs> to this need to take photos for something related to their brand or their business or whatever. So we'll get to that. But before we do help me fill in the gap between there and now. So four years ago, you you almost went down the, the meta blogger road one hundred percent. You almost stopped doing all photography and did this other thing. That was a joke. That didn't actually happen. <laughs> but how did you what's the story of Houseford, how it transitioned into what you're currently doing? Does that make sense? I wanna hear about how this grew in the first like six months to a year. Yeah.
1: Okay. So um the House Fur blog was when I first started it, it was supposed to just be a little um, personal hobby online time capsule for myself to just document um, my time with getting Vic, um, which is our our puppy at the time. We already had Kenzo, and then we got another dog. So I just kind of wanted an outlet dogs. where, yeah, <laughs> where I was able to talk about that because the Studio Twenty Nine business was so, you know. It, um, Four years ago, I was afraid to put a lot of personality into uh, like personal posts, um, whether that be on the Studio29 blog or on my Studio29 Instagram accounts. I wanted to keep it all business. And then the House Fur account, I felt more freedom to talk about myself and me and whatever the heck I wanted to write about. Um, now, fast forward, I believe that the House Fur blog helps me get clients just as much as the Studio29 blog or story 29 business helps me get readers on house fur because people that work with me, they all know that I'm a photographer, but they don't know that I'm a crazy houseplant lady and they don't know that I play hockey and they don't know that I have these awesome dogs and a great husband until they go to the other blog. Um, since then though, now I'm a lot more comfortable putting a lot of personal stuff on my photography page. Um, but I still like having the separation Plus, I like people having to go to get off the Studio 29 site and go to my other one. So that works <laughs> out.
0: Enough. Okay. Um, I know I'm jumping around a lot here, but I I want to keep this, quite frankly, just normal conversation. And so I, I will say the first thing that just popped into my head. What are you like really excited about right now? And not just – well, you could just tell me whatever you're excited about in life. Don't get me wrong. I'd like to hear that too. But as it relates to – photography more specifically like shooting weddings and I don't know if you do much outside of weddings. I think you do. I think I've, I've heard this before. I don't know. You but that compared to the personal blog, like what are you, what are you excited about? What, what are you motivated about? What are you driven about? What do you wake up thinking about that sort of stuff? I know that's a random question, but that's the first thing that popped in my head. I'm just curious to hear.
1: Yeah. Okay. So with the photography, um, So, I used to shoot around 50 weddings a year, and then I would only do a couple commercial or family sessions. But in 2019, I made the decision that I wanted to switch that. So now um, I've done it, and now this year we did 14 weddings. Uh, We had 10 booked, but because of 2020, uh, only four, uh, we were only able to shoot six of those weddings. So the four transferred over to this year. So, um, and then for Next year, we have seven booked, and I'm really excited about that. And then for 2023, uh, we're only going to do five, and we have two booked already. So, um, And then because I'm able to open my schedule to other things, I am now doing um, around three family sessions, three to four a day during the week. I have my weekends open, and then I also... I'm also doing commercial work. Um, So that could be um, going, doing like corporate headshots, um, covering different events, um, product photography for a local dog food and treat company, which I really am excited about because it's just random work. (laughs) Um, And then, um, oh, and then I also just got a gig where um, MIAD, Milwaukee Institute of Art and Design, is a local college. And I got hired to be um, their on staff photographer, so I'm um, going to be hired to do all their marketing, um, wow. all the um, like the, the every college, you know, sends out those beautiful printed books, um, and then they mail them out to prospective students, you know, basically bragging about how amazing they are. Um, so I'm going to be shooting all of the work. Um, that's going to go into that and then I'll be photographing all of the art galleries and the students and I get to go in and be a student and take photos. (laughs) So, yeah.
0: So here's where my head went next. And then I promise to people listening, we'll actually come back and talk about, about (laughs) but I happen to, uh, I, I was privileged enough to actually hear from you a little bit during this transition of doing like weddings, 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 and side note for people. So I, I've always been an amateur photographer as in like, since I was old enough to hold a camera and I've never been that great at it. And I've tried by the way, like I bought the nice gear. I bought the nice uh, glass. That's what the cool kids call it. By the way, lenses. I bought the nice glass. Like I've gone through (laughs) tutorials. I have Lightroom and I've, I've still like, I've hit my ceiling or whatnot. Um, oh, I, I said that to say this weddings are like stressful. Like, I don't care who you are like world-class rent over here, like probably still experiences some anxiety or stress just because it's like, it's just that environment. So I can imagine you wanting to do less of it. And also like 50 something a year. That's absolutely ridiculous.
1: Yeah. It's (laughs) Friday, Saturdays, Friday, Saturdays. Sometimes. Yeah. Uh,
0: So I understand you kind of want to get getting out of that transitioning, but how does, how was that? Was it just a super easy thing like I think I'm gonna do less this year I'm just gonna stop accepting clients or was this like a little emotional roller coaster like this is my livelihood this is where income comes from how am I going to how am I gonna replace that how how should I do this how should I navigate this transition like how how was that experience?
1: So I think about this a lot and I think um, so I guess backtrack. I started shooting weddings in 2005. So I was shooting weddings when I was in high school and senior. And then I was just doing it all through college on the side. So I've shot so many weddings. I think that I just got to a point where I was like, this is, yeah, the stress. um, I used to be so, so, so stressed out about weddings. And then for the last five years, I kind of, I wasn't stressed. It was like, I was a robot. I know it's like, I can anticipate everything that's going to happen like an hour in advance. Um, I just look at moms. I look at the dads, I look at the bridesmaids and I just like see a look and I'm like, okay, they want to do this or, Oh, they don't like this or, okay, let me go over and help this. So I kind of been so in tuned and I didn't realize how much like I knew about them until I'm starting to get out of them, and I get a lot of people asking me questions. This that doesn't answer your question at all. But I think no, that because but I was this is interesting so, too, <laughs> <laughs> because I was so into them, I just needed a break. Um, I wasn't. I didn't hit burnout or anything. I just wanted to do something different. Um, and then when I made the decision in 2019 to say, okay, we're only doing 10. I was like, okay, that kind of stressed me out a bit. What else do I want to do? I want to do families, but is it possible to do enough families to make up the income that I'm not going to be making from weddings? And I didn't know the answer to that question. So what I did is I just put it out there. um, And at first I was going to be like, okay, I'll just make a goal of doing three a week. That should be fine. We'll see how that goes. And I'll figure out making up the income with my blog, uh, House Fur. Well, as soon as I put the thing out on Instagram, just like an announcement, I booked up like crazy. So I never really, that solved the issue. Um, But the other thing was, is that 2020 happened and the pandemic. So people were, not we couldn't do studio sessions and I couldn't go in their houses. So then what I did was I did what I called safe sidewalk sessions, where I would just shoot. Um, take photos standing on the sidewalk and people would be on their front porch or in their yard. Um, And then I ended up donating 100% of everything that I made for the first two months that I did that. Um, I donated it to the Hunger Task Force and I donated it to St. Luke's Aurora Hospital. Um, And I really, really felt good about doing that. And I think that really challenged me to be like, okay, you just made all this money, but you're not keeping a cent of it. Now do it again and actually keep it. And I just kept like, it was like a game. Yeah. Um, and I won. So <laughs> yeah, it worked out.
0: That was simultaneously a great and terrible answer to my question. Because what I was hoping for, was like, yeah, we man, we had a lot of difficult conversations and it was tough. And then uh, I was going to like naturally lead into like, well, okay. Like, how'd you make it work? Right. Well, it turns out, no, it's okay. It wasn't uh, hard. <laughs> well, there, there's an answer to the question, yeah. which you didn't say, which is uh, look, I don't want to just float Ren's boat, so to speak, like all podcasts long, but you have talent and not just talent, but you also have a massive amount of experience and hard work that you have put into your craft, which is another way to go from A to B, right? Uh, to make right. a transition like this, it's not like you just transition into full-time dog grooming. Which I say that she's probably like, actually, I could, I, I would probably do that. Um, <laughs> but you're, it's the same craft. It's still photography. It's slightly different, of course, and right. maybe you can't command like 50 k for a wedding or. I have no idea how much you charge by the way. I just made that up. But it might be it might be different, but it's still the same thing, and you you have talent and skill that you've worked hard to build.
1: Um Yeah. I think it's like uh I had this success not because of the ideas or just that Instagram post. I think I had the success because of all the work that I put in since high school.
0: Yeah. And your audience. You mentioned Instagram. Yeah. Like you yeah. have I don't know how many followers you have, but obviously you spend a lot of time building that up too, right?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: This is random. Do you have to have one Instagram account for all of your stuff?
1: No, I have the studio 29 photography one, and then I have the house for one. Wow.
0: Okay. All right. I'm actually going to, I always want to type house of fur, but that's not it. It's just housefur.com. F-U-R, right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I found it. Sorry. Okay. Um, Oh man, maybe we can come back in a few minutes and I can talk to you about growing house fur. But I do want to actually just talk about photography. And for those listening, this is mostly selfish. But I also want to reach people listening to this who have some sort of camera. Or even if they go and hire a local photographer, wherever they're at, I want to help them get good content. Now, I'm giving you this context for a reason. Let's say... Influencer shots—I kind of hate this term, but I think people understand what I mean by that, which is having photographs taken of you that are specifically going to go for social medias or your blog homepage or stuff like. In my case, like just YouTube thumbnails, um, as well as taking your own photography for Instagram, for example, and stuff like that. So, I'll talk to Master. I'll talk to Ren here, and just know that you're talking to. You're talking to people like me, right? Maybe some of us know slightly what we're doing. Maybe some of us don't know anything about what we're doing. I want to start with equipment first, and then I want to go into other stuff like maybe basic lighting and basic composition, like really beginner stuff. But before we get to that, I want to ask you, how much does equipment actually matter for the the random influencer, right? Not for you and what you do, but for people like me. How much does camera lens glass? Sorry, how much does the glass and camera matter?
1: Um, this is so cheesy, but when people ask, uh, "Well, okay, what's the best camera I can get for a beginner?" and I guess I would say your phone because it's on you, but. Literally, I mean, well, the technology behind phones right now is so crazy. You can get great photos. Um, But if you're trying, so like for an Instagram or for, you said, uh, YouTube thumbnails, you can probably get away with just shooting them with your phone as long as you have good lighting. Um, But if you are in a trickier lighting situation, then that's when you're going to need to invest in some quality gear.
0: Okay. Um, I'm just going to ask you the first questions that come to my head throughout this conversation. Yeah. So let's okay. say somebody has a phone that they're happy with, but they're like, you know what? I think I do have – just make up a number here. I'm going to say $1,000. It could be like a little bit more than that or whatever. What would be some – give me like two or three camera options that you would just point people to. Just really generic stuff. You don't have to go super deep into what exactly to buy. But if somebody was like, okay, I got the phone already, but you know what? I'm going to invest a little bit into a camera. What would you – what were some ideas you'd throw at them?
1: Um, so I would say the new mirrorless cameras are really great for beginners because they – I don't particularly like them. I like the just DSLRs, but I do have a mirrorless camera. Um, my reasoning behind that is that it's similar to shooting on a phone where you hold up the screen and what you see is what your picture is going to look like and you can adjust um, your settings and try to tweak it however you want. And it shows you like a live view of what it's going to look like. Um, so I shoot Nikon. So the one that I have is the Z6, but the Z7 is out now too.
0: Okay. Yeah, I, I'm I just going to throw out my own. I had it over here. I use the Sony A6400, which is like the, it's like the right at like $800 or like a thousand range, which was like right in my budget. Um, also mirrorless. So I like that. I've never used Nikon at all, so this will be an interesting conversation. Okay, so let's move in and talk about lighting a little bit, and then I want to go to more, like, composition things to think about or whatnot. So give us, like, the, the three-minute idiot's guide to lighting for photography. Does this make sense? I, I just, I'm going to leave it broad. I want to hear what you say.
1: Okay. Um, are you – So lighting as it pertains to like exposure or lighting as No idea. Not giving me anything. (laughs) No idea.
0: That's the point. Yeah. Pretend I'm I'm the idiot who's like I have a TikTok feed where I do videos. I have an Instagram account where I do occasional videos, as well as take I'm just gonna say influencer shots, pictures of me looking snazzy, sitting on a rock, whatever it is for your brand, as well as I take various pictures for my blog, for my website. Maybe it's a featured image, a share image, or I need to take a nice sir photo of me from my about page. I know nothing about photography. Pretend that's me and just tell me like, hey, I want you to think about this whenever you set up your shot or make sure you have these lights turned or whatever. What would you tell me?
1: Okay, so uh, the best thing would be to find the best natural light that you can. So, that would most likely be in your south facing or southeast facing or southwest facing windows. Um, and then you're going to, if let's say you just need a picture of yourself, a nice selfie. So you can go stand outside if it's overcast, if it's um, the best time of the lighting, if, if you are, let me start over. If you are inside your house, <laughs> you want to be close to a window. Okay. Basically, you want to be close to a window, um, and you want the light to be um, kind of indirect. And obviously, you want to face the window so that the light is coming on you. If you have a, if you know how to take photos, you can get away with doing backlighting, and that is really beautiful. I love backlighting, but for the common person, you're going to want the light directly on you, um, so you can get a nice, even portrait. And by, if you are... Oops, sorry.
0: Oh, sorry. Yes. So by indirect sunlight, you mean what?
1: Um, Indirect sunlight. I am thinking, like, if you're inside, you don't want to be right up against the window. You can come a little bit away from it. Um, It's kind of like a house plant, right? They don't want to be super close to the window or they're going to get toasted. <laughs> Do it a little bit away.
0: <laughs> gotcha. Okay.
1: You don't want it. So you don't want the light to be so harsh that it's going to blow you out or burn you. Gotcha.
0: <laughs> well, burning would be nice to stay away from for sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, so indirect light, natural light is plentiful for most people, at least in a lot of scenarios. Uh, close to a window, but not super in front of it. What about? were you going to say anything about exposure a minute ago? I'm not sure.
1: Yeah. Um, well, let me, if you were going to do an outside photo though, um, that would be you, ideally you would want to either shoot in the morning at between eight and nine thirty, or you would want to shoot in the evening um, an hour to an hour and a half before the sun sets. That would be the best lighting for you yeah. um, because otherwise the sun between 1030 and like four is going to be so far above you. And it's going to be putting down nasty casts like shadows and accentuating different parts of our faces that aren't always great. I like
0: that morning or late evening. Um, Also overcast. I actually was just watching a video from uh, Peter McKinnon. Who's one of the YouTubers I follow amazing photographer and videographer as well. In uh, his latest video, he was talking about the gro- the GoPro, which we could talk about some other time. I actually like GoPros. I always have for different reasons. Um, but he, the day he was shooting, it was like super overcast, but like it's just the perfect light that comes through. And that's not something that people would normally think about. I feel like if they're not photographers, they'd be like, oh, I got to wait until a sunny day. It needs to be like the most clear sunny day to like have portraits done or go take a picture of X, Y, Z, where that's not the case. Usually it's like... Better lighting and uh, softer softer light environments, every guy says. Okay. Yeah. Um, what else do I have? I'll tell you what, Ren. How about this? Again, I'm noob, right? Remember me. I'm noob. I just bought that Nikon that Ren recommended on the Do you Even Blog podcast, uh, or I just bought the, a Sony mirrorless or, or something like that. What is this M? And by M, I mean manual mode. This is something that everybody's like, oh, cool. I got a new DSLR. I've turned it to manual mode. I'm going to be awesome. I'm a pro photographer now. Manual mode. Walk us through. Actually, before we talk about apertures and anything like that, should, actually, should we actually do this? Or should we just stick to the A, right? The automatic modes and whatever cameras we get. What do you think about that for beginners? Um, You're going to want
1: to do manual mode. Oh, really? If there's... Yes. If there's anything you can learn, try to, it's just practice and do it. Okay. You, um, you will have so much more success and you will love your photos so much more. If you can figure out how to do manual,
0: what's the first thing people should figure out shutter speed, aperture, ISO manual exposure, white balance. I'm going to, I kind of want to hit all these things uh, eventually, okay. but what's like the, what's the big rock? You know that metaphor? Do your big rocks first. Anyways, what's what's the most important thing people should look at first?
1: So manual mode is composed of, like you said, it's like a triangle. So it's your aperture, which is um, how much light you're letting into your camera and what is going to be in focus. And then your ISO is also how much light you're letting in. And then your shutter speed is how fast you're letting that light in. And your shutter speed also will determine what's going to be in focus if it's moving or not moving. So you're going to, and those three things need to work together to create the perfect exposure. So what I usually do is I set my ISO first. So you can just set it at 200 just to kind of an even start. Um, and then from there you decide, okay, what am I taking a photo of? is it a group of people? Is it one person? Is it a crazy moving child? Is it my dog running around? What are you shooting? And then from there, you'll decide, okay, how much do I want in focus? Do I want the background to be visible, sharp, or do I want it to be blurred out like watercolor? And then, so that would be your aperture. So if let's say you just want, um, I'm taking a photo of Pete and I want him in focus, but I don't want anything in the background of focus. So I'm going to set, my aperture as low as it can go, 1.2. And then you're going to look at your meter and 200 at 1.2. If we are taking a photo and it's a beautiful overcast day, that's a lot of light outside. So you're probably going to need your shutter speed to be pretty high because it's letting in a lot of light and you don't want it to be blown out. So that will probably be a shutter speed around 600.
0: So uh, I want (laughs) to... I want to dial it back because people listening That's to
1: this. <laughs> well,
0: people listen to this who have never actually messed around with those dials on right. their cameras. They're like, I have no idea anything she just said. <laughs> but yeah. you said two things, which I, I personally like, and I'm going to take away when I <laughs> go back and fiddle with my own manual mode. Um, setting ISO for. Well, first of all, I will say this. All those, uh, the settings of the triangle, right? The ISO or the yeah. aperture, or shutter speed, whatever you can mess around with them and you will literally see the preview get lighter or darker, right? Yeah. You'll see like, Oh, this is like, uh, this is like way overexposed, right? This is super white and I can't even see anything. All the whites, like, uh, no one can see me right out. Damn. This would have been a great example. Ren's looking at a video of me and my webcam and behind me is a window that's washed out because it's like way overexposed. And my, my room is like pitch black, which is why it's like this. um, you'll mess with these settings and you will see the, the playback image, like go lighter or darker. So, um, would you suggest, so I I like what you said about the order of things. Um, I'm not really sure why you said ISO first, but I'm I'm guessing that's just, you look at your surroundings, like how light it is and what room you're in and stuff like that. And then you just kind of make a guess based on your experience. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Yeah.
1: Um, and it also comes down to, uh, So 200 um, ISO is going to add just the slightest amount of grain. And I like a little bit of grain in my photos. So that's kind of just my, that's what I like. (laughs) Um, There was also one more thing I forgot to mention. You're going to want to, with manual mode, you're going to want to, um, you can keep your white balance, your Kelvin on auto, but, If you really want to get into being able to control everything, then you are going to want to set your white balance. And Mm -hmm. I can go into that if you want.
0: I do want you to go into it only because, and I swear by this, whenever I talk to people about YouTube or just video in general, um, that for me was the biggest ROI activity I've ever done for getting my video quality to look better. Now that it's perfect by any means, but just discovering the custom white balance setting on my camera was like, oh my God, why didn't somebody scream at me before to pay attention to this? So yes, could you explain, you don't have to go into super details about what white balance is because I don't think anybody actually cares, but what do you mean by setting the white balance as opposed to just like leaving it on auto? Okay. So how, let's
1: see. So in the room that I'm in right now. This is probably I'll
0: describe it for five, people. She she has a window to her right which is hitting her at a nice like 45 degree angle. And she has some nice backdrops, white colored walls. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No one
1: can so, see this, so um and it's overcast, so <laughs> Oh, there you go. Let's a normal overcast day we would say is about 5000K. Hmm. That's a normal happy medium of White and okay, I guess and that's white a scale. balance the is, Kelvin
0: scale. Yeah. how how blue a white is or how yellow a white is. Dumb down. Yes. I know that's not actually right, yep. but that's the way I think about it. Yeah. Okay, five thousand. So basically,
1: right. basically in your photos, you want to take a photo and you want your whites to be as when you you take a photo and then you zoom in and you look and you can see are the whites normal? Do they are they too yellow? Are they too blue? Hmm. Um, so when you're outside. That's easy. 5,000 K. Okay. Then when you go inside, let's say you are inside and you turn on an overhead light that's yellow. You're going to have to counterbalance that because if you take a photo, it's going to show up yellow and make your skin tone look nasty. So you're going to have to change the white balance to cooler to counteract that. Um, And you'll kind of notice like, Even if you, let's say, you'll really notice it if like you're in your living room and you take a photo and it's nighttime and you have all the lights on in the house. That photo is going to be straight up orange. So you're going to have to set the white balance to around like 3,300 to counteract that. And then if you go outside at at night um, as the sun, like around twilight, it's very blue outside. So if you take a photo, it, your photo is going to probably like the skin tones are going to look purple. So you're going to have to raise the temperature to add more orange to it to counteract that. So you'd be shooting more around 8,000 or 10,000 K.
0: So I, I went across the room a second ago and I grabbed my, my cheat. This is my cheat. Not really. But when I discovered this, I, I, to say my mind was blown was an understatement. So I bought some foam board. Uh, from like Walmart, it was like $3 and you can go find it. It's like in the arts and crafts section. It's like two feet by three feet or something like that. It's super lightweight. It's, uh, it's pretty close to actual white. It's close enough. It's like a piece of paper, right? Um, first of all, they also work really well, well for bouncing light. As if you had a super bright light, a ring light that you bought on Amazon or even like a window, you could actually bounce it off the whiteboard and it would, illuminate yourself
1: you're you look super illuminated right now
0: i look i'm holding
1: just just holding it up (laughs) yeah and reflecting off of your window behind you
0: uh side note I've, i've felt super awkward the past 10 minutes because i realized i own fancy ass gear by the way like i have a really expensive uh aperture light and softbox and light dome and my nice mirrorless camera that i could have set up for this interview with like the Best photographer I know, but what am I doing? No, no, no. I'm facing the wrong direction with the window in the background <laughs> with my crappy webcam, and Ren's like judging the heck out of me. Um, I'm just
1: holding a, a board now. N- and a now I'm time. holding up a whiteboard it's
0: like <laughs> it could magically make me look better. No, so wipe, most versatile thing ever. I've had this one for three years. I eventually cut it in half because I realized I was never using the whole thing. And now it's really easy to hold up in front of my camera to set the custom white balance. So I don't know about the Nikons or it's been a while since I've used Canon stuff, but on Sony cameras, I watched one YouTube video that helped me set up a custom menu, which I'd never done before. And for any camera I've ever owned, I set up this custom menu for like quick access to the features that I care about. One of which is custom white balance. So it literally takes me three seconds now to like hit that button it's set to custom and I like had to navigate over one little notch. And then it says like set and I get that and it snaps a photo of whatever's in front. And I I just hold up this whiteboard. I just hold it right in front of the lens or roughly where I'm going to be like positioned in front of the camera. It takes a picture of that whiteboard and it sets the custom white balance appropriately. That to me was just like, why didn't somebody teach me this? Like this is the dumbest thing. Like my video was like, it was at like a seventy percent quality, and then this this was just like right up to eighty in like three seconds of work. I was like, "Wow, that looks so much better." Okay, I digress, Ren. I'm sorry. It's
1: okay. Go ahead. Um,
0: so let me. This transitions nicely into apps and post production. Let's say I have oh, it's my favorite photo ever of me. I snapped it with my iPhone six months ago and it does look yellow or does look blue or I could probably edit it to look better. What would be your recommendations for free or very affordable photo editing software? Um, First,
1: I love Lightroom. And I believe, do they have a free version?
0: They do. At least on the mobile. Okay. On mobile. They
1: have on that. the mobile. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So Lightroom would be the best. Okay. I would recommend it. It's very easy to use and you can absolutely change the white balance or adjust it. Um, but I guess this also goes into saying if you are going to be using the desktop version of Lightroom and you really want to get the most out of your photos, do not shoot in JPEG, shoot in raw, because then you have control over pretty much every, you can make changes versus JPEGs are, you know, compressed. So kind of rocky.
0: So what do you mean by that? What is raw? I've heard this for video. I've heard this for photos. What do you mean by raw? What does that mean exactly?
1: So raw is a format that your camera, um, I'm going to put it in noob terms, So think about a JPEG as being just flat file, all compressed, versus a raw file has all of the entities of your photo. So let's say it's like a a cake layer, a layered cake. And the first layer is all of the highlights in the photo. And the second layer is all the shadows in the photo. The second one is all the blues, all the yellows, all the reds, all the greens, every black, um, all the contrast. Pretty much everything you could ever think of that you would want to adjust in a photo, there is a separate layer to that file, and then when and that is how your camera will take it. So it records all the data possible.
0: Data versus a That's
1: JPEG right. is really compressed and doesn't allow you to make so much changes because it didn't retain that data.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I like the cake analogy. Um, yeah, it gives you more data to work with that you can change, manipulate, and. Post production, okay. Lightroom. I'll also give a a big shout out. So I I pay for the Creative Suite now. Literally, as of like two months ago, I used it for years, and I stopped a couple years back. I don't even remember why. Um, But even on the free version of Lightroom, you might hate me for this, but I'm just i'm talking to the i'm talking to the podcast listeners now. There's a little button called Auto. When you load up a photo, and it's just like Auto. I usually just start with that. When I, especially if I'm doing something relatively quick and it doesn't need to be like super pristine. And by the way, I don't actually have like a photogenic reputation to uphold. So I can kind of do whatever I want. The auto generally does some magic, just like right there. And for, I think most people snap a photo, run it through the Lightroom app, just press the auto button, export it. And then it's immediately like 10, 20% better. There you go. There's my shortcut. I'll also throw out one. If you don't mind snap seed, I want to say this is made by Google only because when I load it, there's like a, there's like the Google logo at the very bottom, which is weird to me, but it's called Snapseed and it's sort of the same thing. It has all the basics. Um, also very free though. In fact, not feature limited at all. It's like 100% free. So I use that one from time to time as well. Okay. Um, I am, how are we doing on time? I got a few months. If you have a few months, um, walk me through composition. This is one of the, again, pretend I'm the total idiot who is taking photos for Instagram or what have you. Okay, I I have some camera settings that I've been practicing up on or, you know, okay, I got Lightroom and I, I've looked into a few things and maybe I set my custom white balance or whatnot. How do I make my photos look better? Just generally speaking, what would you, what would you say to me?
1: Okay, so if you want to play around with what proper composition is that you may or may not have covered in your high school or college art classes, um, one of the big things is following the rule of thirds, okay. um, which basically means you want to center the most important thing about your photo um, if you were to take your photo and divide it in put three lines and three lines, uh, horizontal and vertical across. Um, and where those lines intersect, you'll want some point of focus, some point of interest to be in those lines that are intersecting. Um, so for portraits, I always want to start with, obviously, the person in the, directly in the center of the photograph. Um, but then you also want their, so you would want the top of their head to be hitting the highest horizontal line that you have in this grid that you have created in your brain <laughs> when you are looking through. Well, um, hang
0: on, I, I, wanna, I do want to pipe in here yeah. because okay, for anybody who hasn't literally seen this, I have two things. Number one, this is not it exactly, but just imagine like a tic tac toe board, like a tic tac toe, yeah, roughly great. over your photo. Yes,
1: but yes,
0: ninety nine point nine 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 percent of cameras ever have a little overlay as you're taking a yes. photo where you can set, you can see the grid, right? Do
1: iPhones yeah. have this? You can set or that or up on your, yeah, you can go into your settings okay. and add photo grid. Add photo grid. Um,
0: yeah. You can literally yep. see it right there and you can make sure to position like, okay, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I, I wanted to put that up.
1: No, that's great. Yeah. So, points um, of
0: interest along these, along these lines.
1: hmm Okay. Um, so, I always start with the subject in the center, and then you can kind of get more creative with, um, okay, if they're, let's say you wanna move them a little bit to the right of the frame of center, then there is going to have to be something of interest on the other side because you want, okay, your eye is gonna go straight to that person, and then you want it to waver away from the person, but then loop back in. So whether that's a tree that's kind of bending that's gonna connect them, or a long, Maybe there's a fence behind them on the horizontal or on the horizon line. Um, You can kind of just play around with not, not just, okay, here's a photo, but also give your viewers eye something else to do rather than just sticking to that one little thing.
0: And it's funny as it's funny as a beginner thinking that centering is everything. When, when you take a photo and I go look at like old family photos that my mom took or even photos I've taken of just like random stuff over the years. It's funny how we just default to putting everything right in the middle. And then that's like the, that's it. That's all we tend to think about as like amateur photographers, just like, am I capturing said subject? (laughs) Let's say it's your dog. Right. Um, but, Oh, sorry. The funny part, the funny part is when you think about, um, the grids, the rule of thirds or whatever it's actually called, or you place things off center, even just a little bit, not even like over where that line is. It's funny how it doesn't look weird. You would think like, oh, this is going to look weird, right? Like, shouldn't yeah. this be in the center? And don't get me wrong. I think things can be in the center. You correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. Um, yep. But it, it doesn't feel wrong. It doesn't feel weird. It doesn't even feel odd at all. Like when things are on these these grid lines. I just want to throw that out there. It's an interesting thing. Yeah, it's an interesting thing to think about. Yes. Okay, so rule of thirds. And oh, go ahead.
1: Um, if you want to kind of play around with the rule of thirds, um, uh, sometimes when you're just you know shooting for the moment, you're not really paying attention to composition, but then that gives you a chance when you do bring it into Lightroom or Snapseed, um, that you can kind of play around with the with the cropping tool. And when you are playing with the cropping tool, they have the, the grid in there. So you can kind of play around with that.
0: Great tip. Yes. that's great. Okay. So other than that, anything else uh, that you could give us to, to up our chances at, at taking better pictures? Did we miss anything in this conversation?
1: Um, I know some people might be curious if they want to use on camera flash and the something you might think is, okay, you have the flash and you just tilt it and directly point it at their subject. But I never do that. Well, actually, that's not true. If I'm trying to do a drag shutter for a cool effect with my on-camera flash, then I will aim the light right at them. But in most cases, that's (laughs) not what I do. Sorry. (laughs) So in most cases, you're not going to want to aim your flash directly at them. What you're going to want to do is bounce your light, such as what you were talking about with the, your, your phone board. white card. Yeah. Yeah. The foam board. Um, but what I like to do is take the flash and um, aim it directly at the ceiling. And then the light will, if it's a lower, a normal, like house ceiling level, you can just bounce the light directly off of that. Um, if it's a higher ceiling, you're going to have to turn your power up to be able to do that, but you can also aim it and bounce it off of windows you can bounce it off of you can do side you could bounce it off of the wall just to the left or the right of you Mm -hmm. um and then it's also interesting to kind of play around with what material you're bouncing the light off of so if you try bouncing the light off of like your stainless steel refrigerator that's going to be it's going to just look a little bit different versus bouncing it off of just a solid white wall um Mm -hmm. and then remember because you're adding light it's going to be probably counteracting with the natural light you have. So you're going to have to adjust your white balance again.
0: So much work. So much work. It is. Where can we hire you so we don't have to think about this? No. um, I'll tell you what, tell me, walk me through accessories now. So let's say somebody has like uh, a budget over the next couple of months, they're going to drop like two or three K. And they, they splurge most of that right there on, Oh, we didn't talk about lenses. Maybe we can come back to that in a second. But as you got a camera, or even if they don't have a camera, what would be some? Again, we're st- we're saying cheap here. We're talking we're talking about influencers, right? Not people who are going to be doing any of this full time. They're taking photos for themselves. Um, what are some accessories that are readily available that people could go grab to help them out, lighting or otherwise? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Um, so the phone board or you can get a reflector.
0: This podcast brought you is really Walmart. helpful. <laughs> you can get your phone boards <laughs> yes. for ten dollars No, I'm
1: sorry. Go ahead. Yes. Um, you can do the uh, reflectors that you can get them on Amazon. They're probably $14. Um, and some of the reflectors come, uh, they're white or you can flip it inside out and it will be gold or you can flip it inside out and it'll be silver, or you can put the case on it will be black. So therefore that can not only be a reflector, but it could also be your solid black backdrop, your solid gold backdrop, your solid silver, or your solid white. So you can use it for two ways. Um, And then accessories, I think um, your flash, if you want to play around with that, but if you're a beginner, it would be probably most easy for you to just use natural light Um, So skip that and invest in a quality lens. Um, Lenses that will be the best are ones that are fast to focus and give you a range of aperture. So if you look at um, what lenses come in a normal camera, they're usually the kit lens and they are usually garbage. So don't buy it with, as a kit on Amazon, if that's what you're shopping, just buy the body camera separately and then look for which lens you want to use. Um, and then I really love my 50 millimeter 1.2. Um, it's a Sigma. Um, and my other lens that I really love is the 24 to 70 2.8, and it's the version two Nikon. Um, it has um, built-in stabilization, um, it's really great but with that said those lenses are very expensive but I believe that the glass is more important than your camera body so um, if you are deciding what to spend more money on go a little bit less on your camera body and put more money into the lens that you're gonna buy. All right
0: so break down these two metrics right here number well first of all if first of all you want to make sure it does have like autofocus. Or it's, it's compatible. Well, first of all, you got to make sure it's compatible with your camera.
1: Yeah. First and foremost. <laughs> yes.
0: Um, it's just an FYI. Like Sigma, for example, they make Sony mounts. They make lenses that will mount to Sony. And they make a different lens that will mount to Canon or Nikon or whatever. Um, you might have to do some Googling. But walk me through these two metrics right here. You mentioned 50 millimeter, like 1.8 or 2.8 or something like that. Let's we'll start with the millimeters yes. first. When I am an idiot which I am. And I go on Amazon. I'm like, cool. All right. Got me a camera body. Sweet. I'm going to start looking at these, uh, Ren lenses. What does that number roughly mean? Again, dumb down for the noobs. Like what are the, what do the millimeters mean? And why does this lens right here have two numbers? Um, 74 to whatever,
1: right? What yeah. Does mean? Yep. Okay. So 24 to 70 means that at the widest, Focal length, it's 24 millimeters. Zoom out. 24, yeah, correct. And then when you're zoomed in, 70 millimeters. Um, And then if you want to kind of think about, okay, well, what does that even mean? Um, 24 millimeter is wider than like, so if I'm looking at Pete right now, what I can see, let's say that's like 35 millimeters, like 35 millimeters. And then once I get wider and wider and wider that is kind of so you're the concave of the lens will round more and therefore you're going to see more so that's why you might hear the term fisheye lens and that's like 14 millimeters and that's you know almost everything in your sight looking right and left and straight Um, and then so that's 24 to 70 millimeter and then the 2.8 2.8 is the lowest aperture you can go with that lens um, I said the 50 millimeter 1.2, um, that's the lowest it can go. 1.2 is you could take a photo of Pete and everything behind him would just be really bokeh and watercolored. You wouldn't be able to make out what it is. Um, versus the 2.8, um, that's a little bit less blur. Um, but the other thing is the further away from a subject you are, the clearer things are going to be. So 2.8. It could be really blurry if I'm taking a photo up close and personal with Pete. His background is going to be pretty blurry. But if I step seven feet away, it's going to be more in focus. And where that would come in helpful is if it's nighttime and I don't have a lot of light and I'm not using a flash, I'm going to want to crank up my ISO, lower my aperture so I let a lot of light in, and then lower my shutter speed. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> it
0: is a lot. Um, but I. It is a lot. But you've done a good job breaking some of this stuff down my my hope with this podcast is that people would feel a little bit more inspired and empowered to go out there and improve improve their content really i mean content meaning everything whatever they do for their blog or podcast or youtube or whatever photography is almost always some part of that for most people not everybody but for most people um and it's just fun for a lot of people too. Some people might not enjoy it, but I think it's fun. Uh, the, so running up on time here, where would you like people to connect with you best? Obviously if they're in the, uh, in your area, which I don't know if you want to throw that out there or not, they could hire you. But even outside of that, where would you point people to follow Rin and all that you are up to?
1: Okay. So you can follow me on Instagram at studio 29 photography. Um, if you want, and that's the business account for the photography business stuff. Um, and then <laughs> if you want to follow my more personal account to see the dogs and the houseplants and Caleb, it's at house underscore fur. Um, and then the website, housefur.com. And then the Studio 29 photography business is f o t o 29.com.
0: And I will link to all those in the show notes so people don't have to go remember any of that just go to the show notes we will be right there yeah
1: perfect.
0: all right well Ren, this has been a delight uh your photos are amazing if i have not said thank you
1: before, because I say <laughs> I appreciate
0: it. It. uh <laughs> and i just want to thank you for coming on it's been a pleasure
1: yeah this has been great thank you
0: all right then creators did you just have your photography leveled up i think you just did thank you for listening to the do you even blog podcast if you love this show i ask that you just tell a friend friend, That's all I can ever ask of you. And I really do appreciate your support over the years. I will be back soon with more awesome interviews and blogging and online business content. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. Adios.